Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Vault. I'm Anthony. I'm Chris. And I am Paige. And today we are discussing um, Concrete Cowboy, uh, one of the newest Netflix films uh, starring Aegis Elba. Um, and uh, I don't, uh, Caleb McLaughlin, that's his name. Oh yeah. McLaughlin, yeah, fine actor. Um, so Concrete Cowboy is about this, uh, this young boy, um, he gets sent to this uh, community after getting in trouble in school. His mother sends him to this community to um, live with his um, with his father, who up until this moment hasn't really been in his life. But the real kicker of the story is that this this urban community is full of um, you know black people who tend to and ride and love horses. Like it's a it's a it's a community that's in love with their horses. They uh. It's a it's a great pastime of this community where um, these black people they were once like taught to break the horses so like kind of like punish the horses to get them out of control, but then it's kind of revealed in the scene that they realize you can't just break the horse you uh, you can't break the horse at all. What you need to do is like teach the horse, you know. You need to kind of like, raise and tend the horse. Um, and I think uh, one of the great parallels of this film, because I'm gonna be honest, man, I didn't really want to. I I I watched this for the culture, for the show, but in the beginning, I was like, man, I hope this ain't one of those black struggle movies, because I've kind of had too much of those in in 2020 alone. But um, well, 2020 alone was a struggle movie, but okay. <laughs> Right, but um, when I watched it, I uh, I noticed the real parallel between uh, Caleb's character and the whole uh, philosophy behind the horse. Well, philosophy behind what people on Fletcher Street, how they relate to the horses, where it's like you can't, this young kid who who's a troublemaker, he can't really be broken down. It's not about punishing him. It's about tending him and raising him and showing him how, you know, how, how, how to, um, walk in his footsteps like uh with dignity like a man like 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 the scene where he kind of like i don't want to ruin anything well i guess do we do we do we tell spoilers on this show what do we do um we do what we want to do okay yeah, hey, <laughs> yeah there's a scene where he, right there's a scene where he's he's tending, don't, don't oh. okay I have, I have a thing with, spo- with with spoilers i don't think we should tell spoilers just like, well, let's give people a chance to watch. Oh, you know what? How about this? This is your spoiler alert, all right? So if you don't want to hear what, what Anthony's about to say and hear the story. It's then... not a spoiler. It's not It's not a big okay. spoiler what I'm about to say. that This isn't the moment. Um, I was about to say uh, there's a scene where he's he has to calm his own horse down that the, the horse has uh, tended to him. And I think it's a great parallel to his character where his father isn't trying to break him down. He's trying to tend to him and raise him. So I feel like one of the winning things of this film was this theme of um, uh, of uh, patience. You know, Idris Elba's character had patience with uh, Caleb's character, even though he wasn't in his life due to other things that's due to things that have happened in the past. Um, he was patient with them and wasn't focused on punishing him or breaking him as much as tending to him. I watched it and I would say that I'll start with my rating. Um, I give it a seven out of 10 too. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I mean, like I enjoyed watching it and I thought, you know, the authenticity of, or not even the authenticity, but just, it was kind of like a unicorn situation uh, with it being about black horse riders in Philly you know and so uh the story um it's kind of hard to say like oh you know it was generic because we don't know what like we don't know what about this was true and what about it wasn't because it was based on true events so it's a strong possibility that we were just you know here we were just like hopping into somebody's life and following us a little bit or this is a compilation of a few people who are a part of the Fletcher Street um what is it the the Fletcher Street Club or uh 
for the most part, I'll I'll say like it was a good movie, and I love the cinematography. I thought it was really really um. I thought it was unique. Uh, and as far as like the characters, um, Idris Elba. I mean, obviously he's he's played you know more dynamic roles, but but um. Uh, Caleb McCullen, he did a great job. Um, it has nice little role for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lorraine Toussaint, she played um, Nessie, who was who was the um, I guess the neighbor, but she was also mm-hmm. she owned the she was like a part of the owner of the stables or whatever. Um, it it was like a twist on on kind of like a black you know it was i wouldn't even call it a hood movie at all actually um i mean it had like obviously the drug dealer aspect in it yeah but i mean that's the reality of the environment then so be it um but but i wouldn't say it was a hood movie it was just you know it was kind of a coming of age film a bit um because it was mostly about caleb mccullen's character um coming into a different world so what, and how what, it, okay i got you uh, well let me ask you what defines a hood movie um lots of stereotypical <laughs> i mean uh so i would say what define so the ingredients to a perfect hood movie <laughs> is gonna be obviously drug dealers uh gangsters like that's like the the main like that's the first drop in there that's like the root there then you got um first well black trauma that's another one um just like stuff like black people struggling which i guess we did see that got drug dealers we got struggle we got trauma (laughs) I I don't know. I, I didn't feel like it was like a boys in the hood though. You know? I'm, I'm just like, teasing you. I think I just I kind of felt like it was it wasn't like a boys in the hood. <laughs> like it wasn't extreme, you know, like it those things happen, but it was still I don't know. I would say like it just like- was, it was different. It felt different. And I think maybe it was because it was horses in people's living rooms. I don't know. <laughs> you feel like there's a difference between um, black cinema and hood films. Like I would, I would define Boys in the Hood as black cinema as well as this movie, but I would look at something like Belly. Well, Hype Williams did a great job directing that, but I would look at Belly as a hood movie. Okay. You know so, rest in peace of DMX, by the way. Rest in peace of DMX. We're gonna talk about that later, because he he was a he had like he was in a lot of films. um but uh i mean most black films have those hood aspects whether it's black cinema or i mean if it's belly or boys in the hood boys in the hood was was it was a hood film because it was about it was called boys in the hood (laughs) like um it was just you know John Singleton's a great storyteller he's an excellent director so I think you know comparing Hype Williams to (laughs) um Hype Williams to John Singleton is no comparison Baby Boy also disagree you can't you can't base that off one film no Hype Williams did a great job with Belly the cinematography in that film the yeah, cinema, it, it looked like the whole the whole movie looked like a music video. Which is music video director. So I mean, so, so there's a lot of good superhero films. More authentic, legendary stamp of approval for me. He so, has a better resume film wise. So you think I don't I don't think that yeah, I'm no, not no, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> like I I think John Singleton's a more established filmmaker than Hype Williams, like filmmaker. But as far as directing goes, I don't think. Yeah, John Singleton's a really good storyteller. Like he can, he can make good. He makes good stories. 
you know, he can make, he makes typically hood films that, as you just mentioned, you don't consider a hood film. You you consider it black cinema versus the fact that the movie is literally called Boys in the Hood, but you just didn't say it. But you know, you know what elevates a Boys in the Hood over a Paid in Full? Paid in mm-hmm. Full is still a good movie, but Absolutely. Paid in Full, Paid in Full was a hood film, though. Like you know, it it. it Boys in the Hood is set in the hood and it tells a story about the hood. But what makes it black cinema is the fact that it subverted audiences' expectations of what the hood was. When people would hear South Central, they would be like, oh, that's a dangerous place. It's, 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 it's soulless. Like, like, it, like anybody that lives there is either a blood or a crip. It showed actual humans in the hood and it had a, it had a purpose to it. This film had a purpose to it, too. I don't know... <clears throat> You know, you're starting to sway me a bit because I can kind of look at Concrete Cowboy as black cinema for its for its purpose. You know what I mean? I agree. agree. Oh, I'm sorry. But I would say I agree because I think with black cinema or if we're going to call it black cinema or if we're going to say like something like I, I would say Concrete Cowboy was something that you could walk away from and say, oh, I learned something from that you know mm-hmm. versus belly which felt like a music video was for pure entertainment and you still learn like you learn hood lessons from that you know not mature lessons um baby boy baby boy was technically a hood movie but you can consider that even black cinema why because you learn a lesson from that you know um all right so we're in agreement like, yeah yeah so i'm going to say concrete cowboy it's definitely black cinema. I enjoyed it. Um, and I, I loved watching it, you know, because we got to see, even though we've seen some type of black trauma and like hood experiences in it, we, we also got to see happy black people too. You know, we got to see them in a different environment. We got to see, you know, community um it wasn't just like oh bad things are just happening like they put this boy in this environment for him to thrive not for him to I mean and they show parallels I mean not parallels they show they show situations where this could have been him you know with with his friend um Jarrell Durant played by Jarrell Durant you know also did a phenomenal job as always you know and so with that being said i think it it was i thought it was a good film i'll leave it at that sorry you know it, <laughs> but like would you watch it again yeah i would you nah. would i wouldn't watch it again that's like i think it that's ended okay. abruptly a little bit but i wasn't yeah i would watch it again I mean, that's okay, though. Some films are good one-time watches. I felt like this was a good one-time watch. Um, I like that I saw Method Man play a cop. That was cool. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. Why is it that um, I would watch Gone Girl again, but I wouldn't watch this film again? Like, what's the difference here? That's your preference. That's the preference. Uh, well... I- well, listen, um, I mean, I, I, I guess if I'm going to assess the brain of uh, Chris Epps here, um, you know, Chris, you're a thriller guy. You know, you the thing about Gone Girl is you admire uh, you probably admire David Fincher's directing style, as, as most cinephiles do, as we all do. Um, you know, the it's the music score. It's the Nine Inch Nails music score. It's uh, it's the twists and turns. It's the way it constructs the story together. Whereas something like this, where you have an independent film that just tells a humane story, um, there's a bit more excitement and more to unpack with Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. I agree with that. I agree with that. I would say um, Gone Girl offers the rewatch. I mean, like, you have to rewatch it sometimes with Gone Girl because that's one of those films where you can find something each time you watch it. And you are constantly learning and growing from it. It's almost like a film study where, like he said, this is a humane, you know, like it's a more of a mundane kind of not dumbed down, but like it's a simple movie, you know, and it's about 
ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah, it's a it's a simple movie, but you know it just it has a feel good quality, and sometimes don't and that's why I would watch it because it had a feel good quality, or I would watch it to reference something. But um, not all movies that don't have rewatch value are bad movies, like Anthony was saying. Anyways, some are just okay. I seen that. I know what it's about. It was good. The end. You know. I'll say this. Um... The reason I would watch a film like Moonlight, um, why I would give that film repeat viewings in, uh, in contrast to this, um, both stories told humane, gave a, both, both films told a humane story. The thing about Moonlight, though, Moonlight kind of, it, it hooked me in a little bit more, you know, with the story structure and, um, you know, the performances as well. But Moonlight has a strong a hold on me because I really think that's just a that's just a that's just a usual story compellingly told you know yeah, I feel like this yeah. film this film is told well the story is told well but the story itself is not compelling yeah. whereas yeah. Moonlight kind of had had a it had a compelling way of telling its usual story I 200% agree with that I really like the John Coltrane scene I feel like I thought that was a pretty oh, that was good, one that of my was, favorite scenes yeah, that was a sweet scene. I, I liked how he, uh, he explained to his son in his, his own way. Yeah, his name and, uh, while playing John Coltrane um, and, and explained to him in his own way of how he loves him. And, uh, you know, it doesn't make up for all the time he's been gone, but at least explains like, hey, man, I, I, I never knew how to approach you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I agree with that too. He did explain it. And, and I feel like, you know, um the silence in the scene after he explained it and when and when Caleb you know kind of sat down and it was just sitting on the couch with his dad like that was actually pretty dope yeah see it had his moments it you did, know it did, it did. I mean we gave it a seven out of ten which is pretty good yeah that's so. seven point five for me a winning film oh, you know yeah. seven out of ten that's, that's I give it a seven point five too I, I like the same. movie so I Straight up seven. So, um, I, it's about the director and the. I mean, this it's about the filmmakers and how they perceive things, um, and how they present it to to an audience. So some people, you know, can do it a lot simpler, and some people choose to take a more poetic, um, you know, artistic style that is is way more cinematically intriguing. So I would say Moonlight is definitely one of those films where, like you said, it's a simple, I mean, we hear the story, we know the story, but the way that it was presented to us was very intriguing. I hear that. Jarrell Jerome was in that too, I forgot. He was? Yes. Yeah, he was, he was uh, the, the guy that, um, the yeah. guy, the main character, Light in Moonlight. He was a uh, he was the he younger was his version. Best of him. I forgot. I forgot about that. Oh my! Yeah, you're right. Okay. Jarrell's um, been working, man. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. I I would have took a break after uh, when they see us. I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. But like that's. <laughs> if I had to play that role, I would have been like, yeah, yeah. I got to go on a, a, a break. It's, it's his time right now. He, um, I don't think he's gonna be letting up anytime yeah. soon. You're right. Like, why, why, why would he? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I agree with everything that you know you, you guys said. Okay. Cool. So everybody go watch Concrete Cowboy on Netflix. Yes. Out we, to the theaters. We definitely recommend it. Absolutely. Um. So did you want to uh, take a trip down uh, X memory lane? Take a trip down uh, DMX memory lane in film? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. One of my favorite, one of my favorite DMX films, like, um, I got to say, like, uh, like the moment I saw it in theaters to like, you know, rewatching on DVD, uh, Cradle to the Grave. (laughs) Yeah, I'll give you that. Everything about that film just works. Where you got Jet Li's action scenes, you know, um, DMX, his bravado, 
Like it showed that he could actually be an he could he he actually had chops to be an action star. He had the mm-hmm. he had the action star look. Um, people draw a lot of parallels between X and Pac. I've always seen it, um, being that they both kind of did well in music and film. They both kind of had like a demeanor. They 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 had the discipline to dominate in music as well as dominating film, and they were both you know real with what they said. Um, yeah, I think the parallels couldn't be any stronger than uh, X and Cradle to the Grave and Tupac and uh, Gridlocked. Or, you know, Juice, too. You can say Juice. Juice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I'm going to just go on record and say, uh, obviously, you know, Romeo must die. And I don't even know... I watched Romeo Must Die like two million times because it played on BET every single Saturday when I was growing up. So I don't, but the crazy part is I don't even remember like, <laughs> I don't remember it. I just remember DMX, Aaliyah. That's it. Yeah, then, DMX, yeah. Um. Also, yeah. Exit Wounds. Uh, With Steven Seagal, yeah. Yeah, I remember that because my dad had it on DVD. And for whatever reason, I was watching it. And obviously, everybody knows Belly. Uh, yeah. We talked about there. that. So. <laughs> Never Die Alone is pretty good, too. Yeah. Um. What else? Oh, one of the recent movies he played in that I had watched. With Kiki Palmer? It was called Pimp. Have y'all seen that? I've um, heard of it. I Kiki's my yeah, like I know Kiki Palmer plays a pimp. Um, she's my <laughs> yeah. girl. I wish I would have saw that movie, but I heard good things. Yeah, so it was uh, directed by Lee Daniels, I think. Anyway, she played a pimp, but he played her heroin he addicted father, which um, I I thought that was a bad idea, <laughs> but okay. I Why? I thought it was because I just he thought it was a bad idea it. that uh drug addict plays a drug addict yeah that's not so <laughs> that doesn't add a touch that doesn't add a dash of realism it I mean, does it just felt uncomfortable they, they could put the person at a at a um at, at i'm not they could put them in a bad place um it just felt uncomfortable uh, that's all okay. gotcha. you know it was just like okay it was too. It was a little bit too real. It was like, all right. Um, well, apparently, the critics Lee produced it. The audience is oh. loved it at ninety six percent. What um pimp? Yes. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't think the the movie was bad. It was straight. It was actually uh pretty decent. Um, I gotta watch yeah, watch it, it when y'all get a chance. Kiki Palmer. Yeah, but I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. See, that's a woman who I feel deserves her roses by now. I know she's starting to like this. She's starting to get them more now. Yeah. Ever since she had that uh, yeah. hosting gig with um uh, Michael Strahan and uh, Sarah, I forgot her last name, Sarah Haynes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I, I always felt like Kiki always deserved her roses. She definitely is extremely talented. Um, and underrated. I agree to that. Uh, unfortunately, I can't give any acting, uh, like insight on DMX. I just wanted, to, I just know he's he's been in so many films, but that's only because I just don't remember. People, Go ahead. Yeah, some. No, I was gonna say, just some people just have a presence on screen. Uh, with yeah. those, uh, with most of those films we named, he had a great presence. He wasn't in many scenes in Romeo Must Die, but he was in some. I just know he has one of the funniest death scenes ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, that showdown in his office, and then uh, homeboy shoots him, and all you hear is X going, Oof! and then the bullet goes through him to the window. And it's just <laughs> such a funny scene. Like, he even, he even died in that film with a growl. He was like, Oof! <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, man, he has, he has a great presence, man. Um, uh, great chops. Uh, obviously, when it comes to hip hop, we we could we could spend we could talk about this man for three hours. Um, but yeah, he he definitely had a staple in uh in Hollywood. Yes, I have to X. say I have not really seen too many DMX films besides Belly. Um, when I was younger, 
my mom wouldn't let me, you know, watch right, right. movies like that, you know, so I have to go back and watch all that, all those movies. Oh, yeah, we were supposed to be giving you a list of black movies, Chris. Yeah, man. Yeah. I thought we already gave it to him. Yeah, did we? did give it to me, and I don't, we, we... I don't know what I did with it. Uh, oh, All right, we'll, we'll name them off again and give them to you. All right, cool. We'll dedicate that to the next episode. Black Chris's black movie. A list band. of black films to give Chris. All right, yeah. I'll watch. I'll try to watch one a week because that's pretty much all I could. I can do. Oh, we got to give them some good ones to start off with. Like they got to be quality. I think we gave him the color purple, didn't we? That had to be on. You the never list. seen the color purple? No, I've seen that. Oh yeah, that's that's okay. right. All right. Okay, cool. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that that one's a classic. Yeah. And Spielberg. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We should talk about that on the next episode, too. How Steven Spielberg (laughs) directed (laughs) The Color Purple. Um, Well, I can't quote the story, but, you know, it's very rare. You know, in Hollywood, we, we do have white people that are allowed to write for black people. We really have black people that are allowed to write for white people. Um, even with directing, like most people don't know that Forrest Whitaker directed, uh, I think it's called Hope Floats. It's this uh, oh, country film. I love that movie with Sandra Bullock. Yeah, with Sandra Bullock and Harry Connick Jr., I believe. Yeah, he directed yeah. that. But most people wouldn't guess. They would They would think, oh, that was, you know. Wow, let me look that up. That was a white That's director crazy. that made that movie. Yeah, yeah he directed That's a good that fact. film. But, um, you know, for the longest, um, even I, you know, I was young, though, back then. But even I was naive to a point where I said, hold up, Steven Spielberg made Color Purple? Because that's a film we look at as Black cinema. So yeah. we look at it as a Black film. But to know that a white guy made it, um, I, I, it is kind of transcendent to, to believe that. Just like it's transcendent to believe Forrest Whitaker made Hope Floats. Oh, well, Malcolm and Marie... Oh, so that was that was one, you know, example where it was just like uh, it kind of removed me from even like being able to relate from the film because I knew that it was written by it was written and directed by not even directed. Um, I can I can see directed, but um, being written by by Sam. What's his name? Sam. Sam Levinson, who created you. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it kind of detached me from, I don't know, like relativity a little bit. And I only say that because of the topics and like the way, you know, some some things were expressed in, um, in Malcolm and Marie that it took away from, it took away from it a little bit for me. Yeah, you, you told me that you felt that... Uh... Uh, you said there was no way. Uh, you said there was no way uh, a black a black couple would be saying this kind of dialogue to each other or something like that. Yeah, it was just like uh, no. I felt like I felt like okay. It's, I just kept playing in my head that okay, this is what he thinks black people like. This is how he thinks we talk about <laughs> white people. You know. Mm-hmm. Because essentially they were talking about white people, but they were, but it was, it was just so, it was like a mind F a little bit too, because he was taught, he was writing as black people talking about white people. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it was just, a, it was, um, but when he was, he was the black, he was writing as a black person talking about white people who talked about I mean who were like mimicking white people and they were actually talking about the like how a black person could or how a white person or it was I forgot like I don't know it was like a a Jew wrote a Christian story or something like you know but they were talking along the lines of what it, it was just a lot of um what a counteractiveness going on. So no. you felt I, this was him. Go ahead. I related to the story like quite a bit because um 
I'm gonna go deep here for a second, but I I had um I think I had some narcissistic tendencies in the beginning of me and Angela's relationship because I saw some of myself in um uh Denzel Washington's son. Well, what's his name? Um John David Washington. John David Washington. Uh so for me, it was like it was like a recap of not a, not an exact recap, but a kind of a loose recap of me and Angela's relationship when we first got together. So it hit it hit kind of it, it hit home for me. And I was like, yo, like this guy's on something. And what I found interesting is that those kind of traits that um, John had, he it's it's not color based those are just like traits that you you have learned growing up through your experiences whatever it is that caused you to think that way mm-hmm. that happens to black and white <clears throat> but i get what you're saying though Paige, and i see how that can knock you out of relating to the story the well is- okay it was just that specific aspect other than that i totally agree with what you're saying like you know as far as their situation and what his personality was he was first of all i hated his character um it was his character was very obnoxious um and extremely narcissistic if you ask me (laughs) but i don't hate you chris so (laughs) and i know that you are way more mature than that um chris is rehabilitated yeah right 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 (laughs) you know um and yeah it was just it was just that specific thing like the the race point i hate to to always you know like i don't know i guess this is america we always go be talking about race which can be a little irritating at times but i guess that's our reality so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, i um I can understand that part of it. I can understand. Um, there's an authenticity that needs to be in certain in how you handle types of characters. Like it, it's hard for me to find an example where there was a black writer that messed up white characters. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, dude, I'm telling you, when I watch this new show, Them, and you mm-hmm. see certain scenes where you have the white characters, whether they be prejudiced or not, in their own like personal environment, interacting with other characters, I'm like, this sounds believable to me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm naive though, but you would have to ask, oh, uh, uh, I guess a Caucasian audience member, hey, does this sound believable to you? Yeah. This yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what have you all watched lately? Um, I recently, I watched the first episode of Invincible, uh, on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it was really good. And so I'm going to finish it. Um, you know, it'll be a minute, but luckily it's only like five episodes so I can catch up. Um, so I I was really enjoying that. And then also, um, I'm not finished with the winter uh cap the winter soldier and um what is it the falcon the falcon yeah the falcon and the winter winter soldier so what else have i watched um oh i watched uh billy holiday uh the united states versus billy holiday over the weekend and or was it monday either way i watched that um that was really good it was also, you know, sad, very sad, but um, I definitely recommend that if you guys haven't seen it, it's on Hulu. Um, and it's, I never knew any of that about Billie Holiday. Um, so I'll just leave that there. Go watch it, it's on Hulu. Um, it's kind of about how they did, how they did her, but okay. Anybody else watch that? Hmm, I haven't seen it. No, nah, but I heard good things. Yeah, um, it was really good. Oh, I'm, okay, so I'll go in a little more detail. Um, Andrew Day, 
who play who is a actually a um a singer. singer. Yes. She is a singer. She made the song Rise Up, um, which is a very, very, very popular song. Um, but she's a phenomenal singer. Um, and her as an actor, this is her first acting role, and you wouldn't believe it because she was so good. And so I actually did um, look at some of the interviews after I watched the movie. You know, just, you know how, like, you are into the movie, so you, you go, like, check on YouTube and see interviews. And so it was her and Trevante Rhodes in it, but pretty much she, um, Trevante Rhodes, he played in Moonlight, he played in um, Bird, um, what's the, the movie with Sandra Bullock? Uh, Bird Box. Bird Box. Uh, what else did he play in? Um, he played in a few other things, too. That's a nice looking man. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, no, uh, I know y'all don't care about that. But yeah, anyways, Andre Day murdered the role to not be an actor or, or had ever acted before. Um, she used some, some method acting, apparently. So apparently she doesn't smoke or drink, but for the role, um, she started smoking and she said she started drinking dark liquor because she refused to be bad at acting. I mean, being, you know, at acting like Billie Holiday, which she definitely murdered. Uh, she did a great job. So y'all should check it out. And she could sing really well. So that helped too. Cool. Yeah, I heard, I heard good things. Um, Chris, did you want to go? All right. Um... Let's see. I'm still watching uh, the the girlfriend experience. I'm on like episode five or something. Um, what you think, man? I, that that seems like it's up your alley. It's it's like it's it's solid. Um, what kind of annoys me is the main character. Uh, I forgot what her name is, but she she's so logical and it Detached. kind of. You said what? Yeah, logical and detached. Yeah, logical and detached. And the crazy thing is, like, it reminds me of the way I was before I met Ange. So it kind of annoys me now. I'm like, oh, dog, like, I see where she's coming from. But at the same time, it's just like, that's really kind of annoying. Um, <laughs> so uh, the the way it's shot, I noticed that the way it's shot, it's poised. Like, it feels like business. It feels like six-figure you know, high earner kind of business, like, and that adds to the feel of it, which it feels stiff, which, you know, the male characters are very stiff and she's also stiff. So mm -hmm. that, you know, adds to it. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of annoying. So it's, it's like this weird battle I have going on where it's like, yeah, I like it, but at the same time, it's just like, oh, it's, it's stiff. Um, let's see. Uh, what else? One thing, oh, a show that I have not mentioned that I've been watching since it came out um, was The Boys. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Mm -hmm. In a few episodes. Love that show because I feel like that's exactly what how season are you at superheroes. Um, so I can't wait for season three to come out, which I think they are, if I'm not mistaken, they're, they are still filming it. Or season what? Four? Season three. three. Um, oh. So I can't wait for that to come out uh, with season three. And then I saw Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, mm. which That has... was better than it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> that I was way that better actually. than it should have been. I heard a lot of great, surprisingly great reviews about it seems Godzilla. like women don't like it and men do and women are saying it didn't have enough story behind it wasn't enough emotion behind it and they felt like they were watching a video game men <laughs> you mean seem to love it because i mean it's two monsters duking it out and that's all we really cared right. about you need to meet my wife because she loved that movie really she loved godzilla versus kong um really? Let me tell you what. Let me tell you what the first two Godzilla films got wrong. 
and I think we talked about this. I said it needs to be half and half, half mm-hmm. of human emotional drama, half monsters duking it out. Mm-hmm. First two Godzilla films had 75% human emotional drama. Yeah. This film had a balance. Yeah. It had a balance of the monsters fighting. And by the way, Godzilla Kong fighting scenes were off the chain. Yeah, they were dope. Those scenes were awesome. <laughs> and they had a balance of the human drama too. Like the film was a great balance. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I got to watch it now. The way you're hyping it up. Watch it. Watch it in in, in a in a theater. Cause when I, you know, I've been watching the movies, you know, okay. and stuff, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah it's okay. When you go to a theater, it's oh, I forgot what it's like. I forgot what it's like yeah. to watch a movie in the theater. It's it's. I missed the movies. Where did you go? I'm... I went to Imagine Royal Oak. Okay. okay. I was just saying, go to the IMAX. Yeah. Oh, if yeah, if, if you could watch it in the IMAX, watch it in the IMAX. I also saw the film nobody have you guys seen that i wanted to see it how was it's, it um it's it's good um and you know it's it's kind of with who nobody bob odenkirk yeah bob odenkirk um better oh call okay um better call saw yeah. yeah um so it's, it's it's pretty good and uh it's more realistic instead of it just being like a guy that's just can just whoop anybody's you know but i guess i mm-hmm. can keep it clean um, you know, he gets jacked up a little bit, but you know, he, he he's definitely a trained assassin in a sense. So it's it's realistic in its portrayal of somebody that would be, you know, highly trained. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I heard good things about that too. I wanted to check that out. Um but yeah, so those are the films that I've or uh shows and films I've watched recently. So Anthony, what you been up to? Uh, uh, top of the dome, man. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, I saw that. That, that was awesome. That, that was, was awesome. Chris, way better than the Josh Whedon version. Yes. I walked in there without listen, looking at the Josh Whedon one, and um, I was just thoroughly uh, entertained. Paige, did you see it yet? I'm yet to find four hours. Watch it in seconds. There's like what, like six parts or something. Just watch it like part by part. It it doesn't even feel like a four hour movie, to be honest. Okay. Um, yeah, I think as far as DC universe films go, uh, this might be the best one. Mm. I put this. Yeah, yeah. The DC. Now, when I say DC universe, I'm not counting the the Nolan films because mm-hmm. the DC universe started after his Batman films. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, I call this I call this the best. I still haven't seen Shazam yet, so I can't like honestly say that that it's the Shazam best one, but yeah, I, uh, I'm going to watch it. Who did Shazam? I don't remember the director, but um I know my man who's in it is the guy from Chuck the TV show. Oh yeah, Chuck. I watched I watched it. It was really good. I mean, it was better than way better than I expected it to be. I mean, yeah. it was yeah, it was kind of a it was a kid movie, but it was good for what it was. I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna definitely check it out. But so yeah. far with all the DC films I've seen, Batman versus Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, uh that one movie we don't talk about which was the sequel to Wonder Woman. Uh <laughs> Yeah, let's just erase that from my mind. Justice League was the best one. Uh, this, like Zack Snyder's Justice League What'd you say? I really liked Aquaman. I think Aquaman was Aquaman was one yeah, of the- Aquaman was great visually. Like after I like uh, even the action I hated was it awesome. visually. I don't understand really? why people hated it visually. Did it, the, the whole film felt underwater to you? It felt a little too too wavy. It was very shark boy and lava girl to me. I don't care what it like. Like it I didn't like it. I wouldn't mind seeing adult an adult shark boy and lava girl. If that's what it ends up being, then we need that. I, I don't think I would mind it either. It's just, I mean, I guess bring Taylor Lautner back. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just wasn't a huge fan of, Aqu- of Aquaman. And I even thought somehow the acting, like, lacked. I don't know if it was, like, mm, I just wasn't. I'll, like, I'll forgive that. I mean, it's a superhero movie. I'll forgive that. Like, I, uh, I'm seeing really good acting in I mean, Marvel does a great job with their actors and superhero 
All of their movies are superhero. Some of them. Some of them. Name one where it was like the acting was like, okay, I know this is not real. I mean, you know, Chris Hemsworth, you know, how long can you do that, you know, um, I am a god, uh, you know, accent. You know, after a while, it feels kind of like, all right, man. This is more, he has more of a comedic character anyways. So... (laughs) But but but, At but times. in the beginning, nah, he was supposed to he was supposed to be Thor. But go ahead, Chris. No, I was I was saying that that they they brought attention to it when Star Lord, you know, was trying to mock him, you know, for talking like that, which right, was right. it breathed life into it again, you know. So like that was actually <laughs> smart. Well, later on, yeah, I, I loved the, the nuance Thor that came mm. later on. But in the beginning, he was kind of just Thor. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah, but they they revived him, you know. I felt like I mean I'm talking to a Marvel fan. <laughs> I'm a Marvel fan too, but it, it I just, know it's... I'm I, I'm not like uh I just didn't like Aquaman personally. I just thought it was very fake. <laughs> I, I I'll tell you why I liked Aquaman. It's because they took you on an entire journey. Like they took you from the sea to the land, back to the sea to the land, and it felt like it felt like you you kind of traveled with them and the camera shots especially when they were fighting in i think it was greece or whatever oh my god like they killed it they killed it and one of the best scenes was when was when him and mira had to dive back down into the water and then you saw them with the flare going you know underwater and all those those little creature things were following them one of the best scenes i've ever seen in a movie like that was just so epic so i just i loved it one of my favorite shots in the movie is when um when aquaman is first uh captured and he's at court and he Mm -hmm. they got him they got him like tied with his arms out and stuff like that whole visual set piece of like it feels like uh um it feels like rome in uh in the film gladiator but set underwater like the whole Mm -hmm. scenery of it I, i i like that shot yeah. Um, yeah yeah um but i saw that i recommend that um i've actually been like going on a throwback uh, on disney plus i've been watching the the spider-man 90s animated series oh. I know y'all that uh that really holds up um as a cartoon it holds up because of course it has the rogue the rogues gallery of spider-man like all his villains but the crossover and cameos, you know, you got X-Men, Iron Man shows up, Doctor Strange, Blade shows up, The Punisher, etc. Uh, as far as like, the, yeah, and the character development of Spider-Man himself, like that show, that show was ahead of its time. I put it up there with Batman the animated series. And, you know, that's like the top, top superhero cartoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would put it up there. Uh, I watched Kong versus Godzilla. Awesome. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Did we talk about that? I still haven't seen that. I gotta watch. Oh, that. we didn't talk about that. Oh, you ha- okay? Yeah, you gotta watch that too, then, Chris. That was yeah. really good. It's a solid was- movie. It's a very good movie. Yeah. Um, I saw that. I saw uh, watched the first five episodes of them, which is which is very good. I'll watch uh, it in the daytime. Yeah. See, I don't watch it while I'm at work because I feel like I'm going to get mad on the phone. Like, I feel like <laughs> if someone calls me at work, I'm going to be like, what you want? Because, you know, the film makes you mad. It makes you mad. But it's a it's a well-told, it's a well-done film. It's a well-done show. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, I think that's it for me. I think not too long ago, I started Master or None. Like mm, I, I like my Yeah, it is good. I never watched that show. I had always put it on my list, but I finally started it, and it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I, it's a good show. That's um, it for me, y'all. there's so many movies and shows I gotta get to, but I don't know. What do y'all want to watch next week? I thought next week we just we compile a list for Chris. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do some throwbacks. Oh, I had to ask y'all. Um, have y'all ever seen the movie Heat? Yes. Well, 
Yeah, so I'm gonna watch that this week. You kidding me? Yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, oh no! I know. Embarrassingly That's the enough, guy movie. Chris, tell me you've seen Heat. He hasn't seen it. Sorry. <laughs> Hold on. Let me. Let me. It see has that. Al Pacino. And, and Robert um, De Niro. And Robert De Niro. All right, that's it. That's it. No, that's the movie we watching for next episode. We watching that, and we doing a black movie list for Chris. Okay. Let's do it. Oh man, I know Chris is gonna love. You both are gonna love Heat. Like, I already know movie. I'm gonna go like it. Everybody I asked about it, they were like, "What? You have like that's an amazing movie." So. I'm gonna definitely check it out. Um, and actually, I need to compile a list of like all of the like I don't know. I need to, you know, I haven't. I just for the first time a couple of weeks ago seen Goodfellas. Embarrassing to say. For the first time. Yes, I know, but it was so good. So now I just want to watch a bunch of movies like that. I will. I will actually second that. I. I don't think I've seen Goodfellas either. Oh, you gotta oh watch Goodfellas. my god! I wish good. the audience could see my like, face. You would really love it, Chris. You would really love Goodfellas. Uh, oh uh, my goodness! I know uh, everybody. Wait, wait. So I'm sitting with people here that haven't Complain. seen a lot of that <laughs> haven't seen a lot of Scorsese, Michael Mann films. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. I'm taking his masterclass next. Uh, Scorsese's. Or no, I actually took it. I took some some of it. So. Um, oh, okay. Uh, how how did that go? It's pretty good. Oh, pretty, pretty and I was lightning. looking for somebody to give some guest passes. I have three masterclass guest guest passes. Well, sure, um, I'll take one before mine is up. So so how does it go? Do I just it, we just allowed to take like one hour one class or? I personally don't know. I think you get to watch for like seven days or something like that. So if you could cram in as many classes as you, you know, need to in seven days. Let me see. Because I think my membership is up in a minute. But I was just going to renew because it's so good. I mean, it's, it's just good to have. Um, I could see myself getting into Aaron Sorkin's class. He's a screenwriter I admire. Yeah. Um. So far, I've taken, yeah, I'm I'm actually on lesson five of 30 with Martin Scorsese, but that's because I'm taking Aaron Sorkin's, um, I've taken Shonda Rhimes, uh, uh, Mira Nair's, um, my favorite one was Ron Howard um, on directing, but let me send these guest passes. And it's so crazy. I don't know why I didn't think of y'all first because they just been sitting there because I'm like, I don't, like, the normal people I know in life have absolutely no interest in... Paige holding out, man. I'm sorry. All right, emails. Paige had to plug this whole time and <laughs> hasn't hooked us up. I'm still mad y'all haven't seen Heat or Goodfellas, man. I've seen like, Goodfellas. So... You just saw it, man. I, I know, I'll give you I credit. <laughs> I'm glad you showed up to the party, but come on, man. If, if if we really dive into it, you'll probably be really pissed at me at all the movies I haven't seen. <laughs> I want to know what did you see. I, I, I want to ask you something, and I want to know if you're better than this guy who used to live down the street from me. Have you seen The Lion King? <laughs> okay, come on, man. Come on, dog. He That's not an kids. answer. That's not and an came, answer. The Lion King came out seven times. He has two kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. If you've seen that, then you're you're better than him. Yeah, I've I've seen I've seen the Lion King. I, I, I was gonna joke a person and say, you know, uh, the, the the newest one that came out. Yeah, I've seen that one. But I figure, you know, I just tell you straight up that yes, I've seen the original animated Lion King. I've also seen the one the the play that they've done, uh, you know, on stage. Um, you know what else oh, is good man. though? The, the the Land Before Time. Have you seen those? Oh, I love The Land yeah. Before Time. I love those yeah, too. Yeah. Everybody loves that movie. We have to give the little film tip, and I, I actually do have one this week. Um, the film tip that I have uh, this week is, um, I think we're you know we're living in a, in a new age where how you say we live in a society. <laughs> <laughs> the Joker. Go ahead. 
we're living in a new age where um, uh, Hollywood isn't the only place where stars are made. So you can definitely make yourself a star. So if you're an actor, you know, the tool now lies in your hand to become an actor. You want to start acting, go ahead and get on TikTok, go ahead and get on Instagram, go ahead and just, you know, go on YouTube, start getting that following and you will land opportunities once, you know, your following grows. Um, so it's not necessarily all about finding an agent or, you know, um, uh, just getting a way in. Like now it's like you have to make your way in. Uh, like 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 Young Jeezy says, I forgot what song it is, but he says, you know, he ain't wait for them to open the door. He he kicked that motherfucker in. So <laughs> sometimes you just gotta go ahead, kick that junk in, and you know, that's gonna be your your ticket. You basically, I guess, what I'm saying is utilize social media. Yes, everybody hop on TikTok, hop on Instagram. I mean, you can make yourself a star, pretty much. That's the day and age we live in. And um, just the, the I think the main ingredient is don't quit, you know? Issa Rae, has a, Issa Rae has a master class on that, too, how to break yourself in through the fringes of um, of being on the, uh, on the outside of Hollywood. Yeah, she's on my next list. I just, I got to finish Shonda Rhimes first, so... <laughs> Yeah. Shout out to her too, man. Um, Issa Rae and Shonda Rhimes. Issa Rae just uh, launched um, a new uh, deal. A, a new company. Yeah, the, the new deal. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot who it was with. Um, Shonda Rhimes has Bridgerton, which she is producing, which has been doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Issa Rae's company, you were saying, Hooray. There you go. There you yep. go. Yep. Um, okay, so, so yeah, thanks, Chris, for that great tip. Um, yep. kick that MFR in. Yep, <laughs> I want to know before we log off on this episode page, what, what inspired you to watch Heat, and why haven't you seen it before? Oh, so for my film, um, so you know, I'm like in the end stages of, I'm like gonna be finished with the final cut I mean like the picture lot cut very soon but I was considering um adding a scene that was similar to a scene of heat and so I haven't watched heat but somebody suggested it like oh have you seen heat and ever since then I've been trying to find it um or just asking around like what is so good about this movie heat (laughs) so um but yeah so I've been getting like you know, suggestions or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's what three reasons. Michael Mann, Pacino, De Niro, all at their peak powers. That's all that was need. all I needed to see anyways. Once I seen that um Al Pacino was in it and Robert De Niro, that's all I needed. Yeah, Chris, you need to watch this too before we meet up again. You need to cool. watch Heat. Uh and you need to watch a good fellas. I'm putting that on as extra credit because the fact that you <laughs> that you're a guy and you haven't seen Goodfellas, that that just shocks me. Uh, yeah. Goodfellas is so good, too. Yeah, I know. I, I, I know you you ain't you preaching to the choir right now. That's like saying it's healthy to breathe in air. <laughs> what, what streaming site is it on? Goodfellas on Netflix, I think. I think I watched it on Netflix. Um, now he, That's I true. think he might have to rent it. Uh, mm-hmm. it's worth the, it's, hey man, bump renting it, man. Buy it on iTunes if it's, if it's, well, oh, it's on buy HBO it on whatever. Max. Huh? It's, it's, it's on HBO Max. There oh, it is? Yep. Oh, thank you. Brilliant mm-hmm. film, man. From beginning to end. I'm about to watch that before bed. As soon as the credits roll up, you feel like you've experienced something. Okay. Two hours and twenty six minutes. Damn. I think That's I'm not joking, even that man. long for a good quality movie, Chris. I mean, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but but Al Pacino and and De Niro really. He's a lot of time. Look, you can watch Zack Snyder. 
And, people and complain so, about and, Justice League being four hours, and I'm like, come on, man, man up. It's a Superman movie. It's a superhero see, movie. If I watch this right now, that means I won't go to sleep until one something in the morning, and the kids wake up at like six or seven in the morning. That ain't fun. But I definitely will watch it, though. It don't have to be today. Just make sure you watch it. So yeah. Heat is our next movie. And... Goodfellas. And the list for Chris. And the list for Chris. That's the next episode. The list for Chris. It's a fire title. A list for Chris. <laughs> yes. For Chris. Love it. Then the follow-up episode is Chris at least watching some of those films or most of those films and reporting back to us. Okay. <laughs> back at least it. watch one oh, great <laughs> alright guys you have just tuned in to the vault thanks for hanging out with us today I'm Paige I'm Chris I'm Anthony peace